Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast brought to you by FantasyDraft.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Wednesday NBA DFS slate for Daily Fantasy Sports. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFF. Benicio, we are back. Yeah, not too bad. Um, did not have a great weekend in NFL last weekend, but hey, it happens every once in a while. Uh, ready to hit this NBA kind of hard and get the bankroll back in, in, in order and, uh, you know, go after football again next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say a send a quick shout out to um, to you for holding it down solo style while I was um, out in the hospital with the birth of my second child. I also want to thank each and every uh, pod listener and Twitter follower who sent me very kind messages on Twitter. I appreciate all of those. Those were um, definitely appreciated to um, for uh, me and my family. So uh, thanks to everyone. Apologies for you know going off the grid for a couple of days, but hey, you know like like we say, family first. And we're back at it, ready to roll slap some glass here with some DFS picks uh, for the Wednesday slate. So let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, like we always say, the Rotowire DFS podcast is always available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and do so. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Let's go ahead and start it off at the top like we always do, Benny, at the point guard position here. Let's talk about your top option for the Wednesday slate at the point guard position. Okay. I actually wanted to get your thoughts on this because the guy who – is in the best spot for me to outperform is John Wall. Now, John 
somebody who I have played literally once this entire season. Maybe like the first week of the season might have been the last time I had John Wall on my radar. But he's going up against the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers have been an absolute gold mine for fantasy points, especially for the guard position. So looking at the other guys that are up top, I'm not a huge fan of – well, I mean, I love Steph Curry, but I don't think the Charlotte game at his price is a great spot for him. Uh, Charlotte is, plays a little bit slow, so I don't really think that that's a you know good situation. Atlanta has actually been giving up more fantasy points this year than they did last year, but I don't really know if I want to take Kyle Lowry going up against them. I feel like that's a tough matchup. And I don't ever really play anybody against Golden State. As fast as they play, they are a very efficient defensive team, so I don't really like Kemba. And Chris Paul is kind of hurt. So really, if you're looking up at the top part of the you know, guys that you would pay up for on the day. I think John Wall is the only one that kind of stands out with a good matchup and a, and a good situation against that Lakers team. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this situation here, and I'm sort of thinking the same here, saying I'm always going to be targeting the Lakers. To me, they're just, you know, team 1A and 1B in terms of, what, you know, st stacking teams when you see them on schedule. We, we talked about Philadelphia, we talked about the Lakers, and uh, those go hand in hand for me there. I'm, I'm definitely going to be interested in shares of both teams who happen to be on the slate for today. But, uh, by the way, um, you know, w when we're talking about some of the teams that you should avoid, too, we've got some of those on the other side, too. we got the San Antonio Spurs, who are a uh, good defensive team. Uh, we've got Chicago, who is in a tough defensive matchup, just beat the Spurs on Monday night, and, and Denver on the other side. So we've got a little bit of, of both in the mix here. But John Wall, to me, is easily the top GPP and cash game option. I think it makes um, too much sense for you to really ignore it. So I'm going to have uh, a great amount of exposure overall. The, uh, the other d decent part of it, too, is his price has sort of been um, held in check for the most part because he hasn't been performing at, 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 at top value there. Just um, see, let's see here. Since November 10th, he has not cracked the 40-point mark in terms of fantasy points on DraftKings. So uh, a lot of – You've gotten a significant discount from his opening uh, day price of 9K all the way down to 7,900 on DraftKings. So mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely uh, going to look to take advantage of that. Now, on the Steph Curry side, too, I think what we're starting to see here um, in terms of what's happening with him price-wise, his price has remained flat, basically, essentially, since uh, at least the, the 19th of November. Um, he's still uh, on this streak here going back to November 7th where he scored 38 fantasy points on DraftKings, um, where he's had 40 or more fantasy points scored in every single contest. So he's the, s the floor is still super, super safe. So if you feel like you want to pay up, um, you're, you're there. The good news about it here is I think we've reached the point here with the Golden State Warriors where every team is treating like this like this is their game seven of the NBA Finals, no matter what their record is, Okay, with the exception of the L.A. Lakers who just laid down like a carpet uh, against them. And the, and the Sacramento Kings, for that matter, who got handled in the second half. Uh, but you're going to see teams like Utah, who will do, you know, in an, an eight-point uh, underdog, fight tooth and nail, and and uh, and give you like like an extra ounce of effort because they want everybody. Every team wants to be the one to, to snap this, you know, now currently 19-game winning streak. So Charlotte actually is, has does have an improved roster. The only downside of it is they have to play without Al Jefferson, who's out uh, two to three weeks now. So um, that's going to be a little bit of a downer. Um, and sidebar here, I know this is not totally related because this we're, we're talking point guards, but um, do you gather that we're going to like anybody um, 
up top, or you know, in terms of what they ch- what they do is change the rotation in terms of like a DFS punt play in the in the Charlotte front court. I mean, I I think we I, we actually kind of touched on it a little bit uh, on Monday on the season long show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically, the only way I could really see it, like, I think Kaminsky's gonna get a couple more minutes. <laughs> I think they're even gonna let guys like Tyler Hansborough will get a couple minutes. I think the guy who probably – well, the two guys who probably benefit the most are Marvin Williams, who I think will get a bigger role and more usage with, um, you know, the shots that open up. And then the one guy in the front court who might be a viable punt is probably going to be Cody Zeller, who I think will be the one guy who sees more minutes. Um, he's the only one of all these guys that I've actually seen Charlotte play more than – like right now, all those big guys that they have, with the exception of Williams – are playing like 15 to 22 minutes a game. So I think the only guy that I've actually seen play more than that is Cody Zeller. So I think as much as I would like to see them give Kaminsky a shot and see what he can actually do in the NBA, I think Zeller is probably the only one who's going to see a real uptick in minutes. And I don't even think he's going to play like 30, 35 minutes. I think he'll be like somewhere maybe in like the 27, 28-minute range. Mm -hmm. But if his price is like $4,000 or – you know, stay somewhere down in that range. I think he's really the only viable one that I'd look for. I can't use Kaminsky. I'm not using Hansborough. Um, I do think it also ticks up Marvin Williams because you're taking some of those power forwards that have been splitting minutes with him and moving them over to center. So that's going to open up a couple more minutes for him as well. And he's been pretty good. Yeah, I could uh, I could definitely see that being uh, something that we you s- sort of uh, up uptick. So for all the you know hatred about the what what they've been doing at at power forward pos- uh, position for Charlotte. This is now I think an actual time where Marvin Williams becomes viable as a you know potential I guess GPP play maybe even cash if the, if the if the price is uh, low enough overall. Um, w- one thing I want to I do want to um, say here is Steph Curry is significantly more cost prohibitive on on fantasy drafts at you know at twenty k and and uh, by the way they have a different salary structure so don't be alarmed by. Uh, by the price of the system, but but fantasy draft does have a ridiculously good uh, amount of flexibility in terms of uh, positions. So you only just mm-hmm. you just need three guards, and you can actually make it five guards if you if you transfer in ch- uh, into the utility. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to be pushing as hard for Steph Curry on fantasy drafts as I will as I will um, on DraftKings, for for example, because uh, they've taken you know his price into the hilt, and that's. Um, and because you don't necessarily have to have the, the point guards, you get lumped in there with the, sh- the shooting guards, and they have guys like James Harden on the on the Rocks, uh, you know, uh, available Jimmy Butler, and um, you know, uh, and uh, Reggie Jackson, Brandon Knight, who are going to be in the in probably in the paced up game. I will take a look at some other options on on fantasy drafts in terms of cost. So just wanted to put that out there in the uh, DFS universe, especially with a uh, uh, fantasy draft coming on board, and, and uh, with our focus going to be increased in terms of uh, the plays for that slate. So wanted mm-hmm. to quickly make mention of that. Um, all right, so aside from John Wall, how wh- who else is going to be in the mix for you at point guard today? You know, there are a couple guys who have been pretty cheap options who I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, I would really, like, like Ish Smith is a guy who I think is pretty interesting with the way he's been playing. My only problem with that now is they're going up against Houston, and Patrick Beverly is back, so Patrick Beverly defense is not something I want to mess with. Mm-hmm. Ish is still pretty cheap on a lot of sites, though. There are a lot of sites where you don't have to, you know, pay an arm and a leg for him. Like, he's getting expensive over on DraftKings. I think he's 
like 65 or 6600 something along those lines so over there i don't love them anywhere near as much but um there are some other sites you know like i don't think he's that expensive right now on fantasy draft i feel like he's in like the 12k range and he can put up 30 fantasy points he's hell he's put up 40 fantasy points in like five of his last six so he's somebody that's been putting up enough numbers that i think he's he's worthy of consideration uh, the Lakers are also playing Kobe Bryant a few less minutes right now, which is a good thing we've been talking about. And Lou Williams is actually banged up for them as well. So if you have a banged up Lou Williams and Kobe playing less minutes, we're going to see more minutes for guys like Jordan Clarkson, who's a point guard. And uh, on some sites, he's listed as a point guard. Some sites, he's listed as a shooting guard. But I really like him now that he's still cheap and seeing a couple extra minutes. And I also don't hate D'Angelo Russell, who's seeing some more minutes right now. He's still below 5,000 over on DraftKings. I think he's around 5,000 on FanDuel. Um, he's starting, his price actually started to creep up over on Fantasy Draft, but he's still cheap enough there that he could be, you know, that cheap guard that you're putting in there to still be able to afford some of the studs. And he's been putting up like 25 to 30 fantasy points. Mm -hmm. Not huge numbers, but, you know, again, for the price, that's, that's exactly what you want out of a guy that's below 5K. So. I think some of the cheaper guys is probably where I'm going to look for. Uh, pair up one of these cheap guys with Wall, and that'll probably be how I go on sites where I need more than one point guard for that. All right. Well, for I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mix my, my picks up here uh, a little bit. I, I'm fine with, with what you mentioned. Uh, George Hill, has um, his production has basically fell off just a bit uh, since coming having that three-game spot where he came off the injury, but he's been super, super safe. Uh, scored 26 and a half, 26 and a half, and 28 and a half uh, fantasy points on DraftKings over the last uh, three days, and he's priced at 6K. And we we know that Chris Paul is uh, got the injury, so he may miss uh, the Wednesday game uh, with that rib muscle strain. So uh, I like George Hill going um, up against um, potentially Jamal Crawford, who I also uh, think will be an interesting uh, cheap option. I'm trying to see here if, if, if they consider Jamal Crawford a point guard or a – it looks like they consider him a two as far as I can tell on DraftKings. So yeah, DraftKings has him as a two and FanDuel has him as a two. And Fantasy Draft, you don't have to worry about it because right. he's got a he's point of guard spot. So I think he'd be he'd be a great play over there as one of yeah, the guards to go in. Right. Um, so I expect the minutes to, to definitely uptick for Jamal Crawford. In this spot, so that's good. Tyreek Evans, by the way, coming back against Houston, I'm going to fade him until we can see some consistent production and minutes. I expect him to get capped when he starts coming back. So I'll be on the I'll be on the watch because I love Ty Tyreek Evans, but we'll see how long we it takes to get the real Tyreek Evans uh, actually back in action. Yeah. So now can I can I ask you a question? Because sure. I like Tyreek Evans as a fantasy player, but I really don't love his his game in real life. I just don't think he's a very good fit on that team. Like I think he needs to be. He needs to be in a certain spot in order for him to, uh, you know, to really be able to do what he does, mm -hmm. and which is basically attack the rim. Like he kind of almost reminds me of like a James Harden. Like he could get to the rim anytime he wants mm -hmm. to. Yeah, he doesn't have the other skills that Harden has. He doesn't shoot as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he doesn't actually he doesn't shoot free throws as well, which is you know something you should be able to do if you're going to be somebody who's getting to the basket all the time. Right. But. As a fantasy player, he gets assists, he gets rebounds. Like mm -hmm. he fills up the stat sheet, triple and he's one of those guys. Yeah, yeah and, and not even just triple double threat. Like like Rondo's a triple double threat. Like Tyreek Evans is a triple double threat with like twenty five points scored. Right. You know, so he could put up huge.
huge, huge stat lines in the right situation. I love him in up and down games, but I agree with you. At least for the first couple games until he gets back to full minutes and gets his feet under him, I'm not going to be using him at any level. Okay, so there was there a question in there? That's how you started, or you just wanted to make a statement? Well, no, I, that was basically the question I was going to ask. Is like, do you like him as a real life player or just more as like a fantasy? I like him in fantasy for sure when he's healthy and, and getting minutes. I hate the fact that he sh- he sucks at free throw shooting and outside shooting, like like you mentioned for for real life. But I actually think he's a very good fit for that team, better fit than Drew Holiday, uh, in in my opinion, at the point guard because Tyreek Evans, whenever they tried to, they've you know they've done everything possible. You you know I'm a, a Sacramento Kings fan, so I've watched him play forever. Yeah. And he's just not a good fit at the three. He can play the three, but usually, uh, like a primary skill of a of a of a top tier um, small forward is three point shooting, outside shooting. He just doesn't have it. His jumper looks broke. Yeah, so, in, t- you know, in today's NBA, especially the way things are. Right. He's actually a little bit of a miracle too. Like the way he gets to the rim at will, and he's the way he's able to penetrate with that little bit of a gap in his teeth. You would figure that would just like slow him down. He'd be like you know wind resistance. <laughs> But um, no, it, it doesn't stop him at all. He still gets to the rim at will. So uh, that just shows you the amount of willpower he has. Uh, in in all seriousness, no, I do love his love his game, and I and I think that uh, the New Orleans Pelicans are a playoff team when he's playing at his best. When they don't have him, you see what happens. You, you know they are like completely devoid of scoring. They haven't figured out how to, um, or, or for whatever reason, they've got Ryan Anderson going really really well. But I still feel like on that team especially in the west you want as um your your beasts playing starters minutes because in the west you you're going to need to win as many games as possible and you're limiting his effectiveness by putting him on the bench and anthony davis is getting like you know quadruple teamed every time else because there's just no other big time threat on that team so um there's there's my sidebar on that so just uh, wrapping up here i think i'm going to draw the line um with here um isaiah cannon for me he's overtaken the starting job over tj mcconnell um against the new york knicks so that's a good spot isaiah cannon has uh, has played pretty well he's down to 48 4300 he went 5.9 x 7.9 7.1 7.1 7.7 and 8.6 x from a 3300 to 4300 price tag so the price rose 1000 and he made uh definite hay scoring 25 fantasy points or more in each of those last five games so there's my there's your super value play. Um, we'll go no lower than him, and then we mentioned uh, a bunch of uh, good picks here in between. So a lot of value available at the point guard position. Definitely a day where you're probably gonna you know have point guard and utility um, filled up or backed up with uh, two point guards like like we always try to. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the shooting guard position here now, Benny. Uh, what are you looking at for the Wednesday slate? I gotta be honest. I don't really love. I mean, here's basically the way I look at it, and I, I kind of hate to do it this way, mm-hmm. but there aren't a lot of guys that I like. So I know I mention James Harden every time that we basically do this, but again, he is just head and shoulders above everybody else at the position. It's an okay matchup for him against uh, New Orleans. New Orleans plays kind of fast. They don't really have great perimeter defense, anybody that they have there. And Harden has been, you know, they're basically back to playing the way they were playing last year. They put Capella in the starting lineup. They put Patrick Beverly in the starting lineup. You know, they've given up on Ty Lawson and, and Harden together on the court at the same time. They're like, Ty Lawson isn't even playing like 10 minutes a game at this point anymore. Like, he is basically, they have basically just kind of scratched that entire situation. So, you have 
Harden basically dominating with the ball again, which again is good because he's able to put up points, he's able to draw the fouls and get to the free throw line, which is how he scores a lot of his points. And the fact that the ball's in his hand, or we've already seen his usage rate rise, it's up to 30% right now, um, you know, one of the higher ones in the game at any position for anybody. And I think that he's clearly the number one option on the board today. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Jimmy Butler against Denver, my biggest problem there is with Derrick Rose, his offensive numbers take a little bit of a tick down. Yeah. His price is still pretty high on most sites. If you can find some cheap somewhere, I think he's in a good matchup against Denver. The problem is I don't think he's cheap anywhere anymore. And then after that, I would probably go all the way down to, um, you know, a guy who you and I talk about all the time in uh, Jordan Clarkson. It's probably the next, you know, level down from Harden and, and maybe Butler that I would be looking at. So. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson is going to be a very interesting play for me. Um, just to, as, a, as a quick reference point here, um, as, as a guard, Jimmy Butler on fantasy drafts against Denver. Pretty reasonable overall. Four down down to fourteen seven against San Antonio. So we'll see how the price adjusts back up in that in that juicy matchup there. Uh, you do see that the you know the scoring has sort of downticked here. But I'm going to make an exception for Denver, which is the absolute worst team in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing shooting guards. We talked about Gary Harris and Will Barton, just you know young guys who have been who played um, better as of late, but still haven't um, you know figured out how to really get it done on the defensive end. So I may make an exception, especially on. on uh, fancy draft where Jimmy Butler is a little bit more price reasonable. Now, um, sw slipping back here to DraftKings uh, at the shooting guard position here, I think you can always make the case for Bradley Beal like the, like the Lakers. Bradley Beal's actually been going pretty well um, as of late, so uh, I know that's, you know, normally we don't stack up too many guys um, in, in, in basketball unless it makes a lot of sense, and I think this is actually the case. Bradley Beal has been playing much better as of late, and uh, his, uh, so his usage rate has gone up. Uh, you take a look at the uh, fantasy points uh, he put comes up with a 41.5 point performance against Toronto, who's supposed to be a pretty good defensive team. That's on the Rosen as well. 20.6 rebounds, six assists, and three steals. So he's a little, he's a streaky player, and then he gets a, a, a plus plus matchup uh, in uh, you know I guess Jordan Clarkson would would be the the guy responsible on, on defense in that spot too. So on the flip side of that, I do like Jordan Clarkson um, as well, uh, who who has had a monster run of games. Uh, these last two contests there, um, paying off 9.6x and 7.2x, uh, you know, in a, in a against a very good Indiana team and against Portland, who is pretty bad uh, overall with CJ McCollum as an undersized two. So I'm looking at Beal. I'm looking at Jordan Clarkson. Um, and then on the flip side of that, too, we know Atlanta plays good defense, but the one spot you want to attack them is always the shooting guard position, and that's uh, Kyle Korver. And if you th the numbers sort of bear that out as well with Atlanta, I believe, in the bottom 10. Let's see if they're uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 uh, is, is where they're at. 11th almost fancy points overall. So they've been able to cover him up just a little bit, um, but I still like attacking Kyle Korver if I'm going to pick an Atlanta Atlanta guy to chomp on, and the price is um, a little more reasonable than some of the other comp options. Just 7,100 is the last price point against Phoenix, uh, where he put up 44.75 fantasy points for 6.3x. So that's uh, super juicy um, in in that matchup too. And that's on Eric Bledsoe, I or actually that was probably on Brandon Knight, who's not as good of a defender uh, versus Eric Bledsoe. So, mm -hmm. um, by the way, Eric Bledsoe these these um, for Tuesday and Wednesday is in a good stretch of games too. Detroit's really been struggling as well. Nobody's ever afraid of KCP um, um, in that lineup though, it, although the Detroit has graded out in the middle of the pack among shooting guards. So I can make a case for him there as well. Um, 
you talked about some of the top options. Jordan Clarkson was one of my value options. How far down are you willing to slide at shooting guard for Wednesday? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going any further than Jordan Clarkson, to be honest, because I just think the matchup and the situation for him is too good. Yeah. You know, we mentioned it when I was talking about Russell before. You got Lou Williams out. You got Kobe playing, you know, more limited minutes at this point. Clarkson is a guy who you and I have been talking about all year long that they need to give this guy some minutes. And they finally started giving him minutes, and he finally, you know, started rewarding him for it. I think he had 46 points on DraftKings the other day, uh, like 46 fantasy points or something like that. The day before that, he had like 35 or 38. His minutes are up about, you know, up to the, you know, 36, 39-minute range from like the 28, 29-minute range. So, you know, if he's going to be putting up 35 and 40 fantasy points and we're still able to get him at a price around $5,000, I really don't see any reason to go lower because if you can get a 5K guy that's, legitimately a threat to give you 7 to 10x, I, I mean, there's no way you cannot put that guy in your lineup. Yeah, so Jordan Clarkson's going to be a perfect tournament play, and he's in probably even cash safe for me as well, if you don't want to go up to uh, James Harden or anything, but like, give me this mm-hmm. matchup. Um, the one thing I do want to say, too, for GPPs, I'm willing to go all the way down to Jeremy Lamb um, at 4600 The price has been super reasonable, and he's hit uh, 20 and one, tw- 21 or more fantasy points in five straight contests, so that actually might be cash safe there as as well if you don't want to go up top and feel like you need to spend your your dough elsewhere uh, on either fantasy draft or on on DraftKings. So 4,500 is super reasonable. You don't want to be in on Harden um, against New Orleans, which I don't know why you wouldn't. But um, you know, he's best basically just you know comes down to roster construction. You really feel like you need to to derive some value somewhere. Jeremy Lamb is my um, guy that you I think you can definitely make a case for in GPPs and has um, produced at a consistent level enough over the last five games to be cash safe as well. So uh, there you have that. You, you know what? Actually, let me throw something in here real quick because I know we're going to get questions about this. Um, O.J. Mayo was very highly owned last night. Two games ago, he played 40 minutes. Last night, I don't know exactly how many minutes he played. I think he put up like 20 fantasy points. He played 30 minutes, so he still played a pretty good amount of minutes. I don't want to mess with Jason's rotation. To me, he's like, you know, I don't want to say the new Greg Popovich. Um, trying to think of a better example of it, but you never know what's going to happen down there in Milwaukee. One game, a guy could play 30 minutes. The next game, he could play 15 minutes. And then the next game, he could come out and play 46 minutes and, and basically not come off the floor. There is no rhyme or reason to it. So I know a lot of people were asking me yesterday, should I use Mayo? Should I use Bayless? And I said, just just kind of realize that, you know, they're not going to play 40 minutes every game. These are guys that their minutes are going to fluctuate depending on any number of factors that I can't even try to quantify for you because I don't understand Jason Kidd's rotations at all. So before you throw all these questions to us about what about Bayless, what about Mayo, Mm -hmm. just remember last night these guys had like 15 and 18 fantasy points each. And I know that they're only like 4 or 5K, but 15 or 18 fantasy points, even at 4 or 5K, is not enough to get done what you're trying to get done. So I'm not messing with it unless I see that one of those two or Michael Carter-Williams is hurt. And even then, I still don't know how safe the minutes are for whoever winds up getting in there, I guess, you know. Okay, so um, the way I'm looking at yeah, and, and somebody asked me a question on Twitter about that, and this is why I said yeah, GPP only with the, with these guys because you don't want to get your cash games ruined by uh, an, an ugly performance from Mayo or ugly performance from 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 Bayless. So I'm a hundred or a thousand percent with you, ra- ra- rather in, in those spots. So um, great call there. 
And uh, there's just you know different guys that you can use. Like for like Jeremy Lamb in that same price area is is much more safe, and he's going to be in a paced up game against the Golden State Warriors as well. So um, w with a probably likely to have the, the the biggest total on the board. So that's sort of the situation that, it, that that I would rather get myself into rather than trying to figure out if they're a good play today or not. Uh, with you know some of those guys who put up inconsistent performances, give them some time and see what em ends up happening. And like you said, Jason Kidd always subject to change that rotation at will in moments notice. It's not like he feels like he has to keep a uh, you know a set rotation like Brad Stevens. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, um, let's go ahead and move on to small forward. But before we do, want to let you know that for all the beloved pod listeners out there, if you haven't been subscribing to RotoWire.com and you want to take advantage of these projections, the numbers that we're using, uh, these uh, sort of stats that we help craft our DFS lineups with, you get a 10-day free trial still going on. So all you have to do is go to RotoWire.com slash pod. You get a lineup optimizer for FanDuel, for DraftKings. You get uh, uh, pr projections uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, up-to-the-minute uh, depth charts, daily lineups, and injuries, all that good fantasy goodness going on uh, over overall, along with uh, lineup optimizers for uh, eight different DFS sites. You get a lineup optimizer for NFL, NHL, NBA, uh, Major League Baseball, soccer, and college football, and I believe college basketball as well. So tons of value available. You can try out for free for 10 days, no commitment. Make sure you get in there, rotowire.com slash pod. Take advantage of all the great stats that we use for our own daily fantasy uh, lineup construction and our analysis on each and every show. All right, small forward time here, Benny. What do you got for me for cash and GPPs? Okay, um, hold on one second here because my, my page is actually reloading because all the guys are kind of left out. <coughs> okay, here we go. Uh, first guy who is at the top of the list for me anytime I'm talking about small forward recently is Robert Covington. He has been putting up just absolutely huge numbers, and he's been doing it at a pretty cheap price on most of the sites across the board. So I have literally started building lineups around him lately, and he is going to be the guy who is basically the number one option for me at the small forward position here um, when you take price into consideration. I do think LeBron, you know, oh wait, am I looking at the wrong Baker? That's not the right matchup, right? <laughs> Uh, wh who are you? Who are you talking about? Cleveland. I believe Cleveland's not on the Wednesday slate. So. All right, hold on. I have the wrong. See, I reset my page and it went back to the wrong. Yeah, day. it's whenever we use these stats. Okay, guys, you you start you start. Let me update the page again. I'm looking at the wrong guy. I was uh, like, this doesn't make sense. What's going on? All right. Yeah. So, um, Carmelo Anthony up against Philadelphia is is uh, is the chalk chop op uh, chalk option. So I'll be interested uh, in that there. Paul George, um, who has gotten pretty expensive. He's entered the 10K range but continues to put up 40 or more fancy points. We're talking about a streak here going back to November 4th where he has scored a minimum of 42.25 fancy points or greater, put up a 52 spot against the L.A. Lakers, and we know what, what a mess the uh, L.A. Clippers small forward um, position is. So he, to me, he would probably be my number one option. You're going to have to pay top dollar, and you won't be able to use James Harden if you use him, but he is in a definite great spot. Um, we've been preaching the uh, – the to the to the church of Robert Covington for quite some time now, and the price has definitely risen a good amount. But he continues to pay off this price tag. Still just 6K on DraftKings. There comes up with 39.75 fancy points, good for 6.6x. How about a juicy 12.4x at uh, versus 5100 with a 28.7 uh, rebounds, five assists, eight split performance. Basically, on the 27th, if you did not play Robert Covington, you did not have a, a legitimate shot in your GPPs, and he crushed you on the cash game side as well. So. Yeah, and and most of you did play Robert Covington because in most of the GPPs I was in, he was legitimately like 
55 to 65 percent owned. I think he was 67 percent owned in uh in the windmill that night. Um, so basically, of like I forget what the windmill is like 400 and something rosters at at the hundred dollar tournament on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. I think like 270 of the 400 rosters played him at some point. Yeah. Um, what do you feel? What do you think about the revenge narrative again for Damari Carroll facing Atlanta in Atlanta? Well, let's see. I mean, right now they're a little banged up. Uh, see, my whole thing with Damari Carroll is he's a guy who I don't hate in cash games because he's going to play big minutes. He's going to get you a couple points. He's going to get you a couple assists, a couple rebounds. He's just not a forty-point guy. No, there's yeah. no, there's no ceiling with him. Like the only place I and I actually do like him in cash. I do play him in cash a decent amount because his price is always low, mm-hmm. and you know, again, he's consistent. But he's going to consistently get you four and a half to five and a half assists, which is which is nice for a cash game because you know you can count on it. But you know, like you said, he's not the guy who's going to go seven, eight times value. He's not the guy who's going to put up you know, 40, 45 points. Maybe the revenge narrative is the thing that changes that, but if he does it, it'll be one of the few times all season that he's ever done it. So maybe for cash, I don't hate him, but for a tournament, I just, I don't see, I don't see myself ever using him. Yeah, fair enough. Um, for, for me, I, I think for the, the price that you have to pay, which isn't terribly steep, it's, you know, 5,900. I just want Robert Covington in his activity and the, and the, and the, you know the ceiling that he's shown that he can demonstrate right now in a uh, good matchup against uh, probably Aaron Aquallo. Is it going to be Aquallo at the small forward? I'm not even completely sure here. I have to check my RotoWire.com uh, daily lineups or he, depth Aquallo charts. Aquallo actually had he had a really good game the other day um, when Melo was out. I think he put up like 40 fantasy points. Don't buy that, by the way. Um, oh no, no, yeah, no. I'm I'm just mentioning it. I'm not saying that he'll ever do it again. That's probably his high for the season. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. By the way, Carmelo Anthony game time decision, um, but pr- probably likely plays by um, by Wednesday's time. He's the small forward. It's not a. F- I always keep thinking that they play stretch four, but I don't. I forgot to, um, as my buddy, uh, from New York calls him, um, Kristaps Porzingat, is what they're calling him <laughs> in New York now. Have you heard yeah. that nickname? <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's in the newspaper. It was one of the back headlines of either the post or the uh, yeah. the Daily News the other day. Right. Porzingat. So Porzingat is the four. You know what? I actually, I actually do have a cheap guy. I wanted to get your opinion on. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the increased minutes and production that PJ Warren has been putting up? I was thinking about that too. You know what? Because PJ Warren has been getting some serious run as of late. They're 26 minutes or higher in the last four um, contests, and the guy does a little bit of everything. He can shoot from the outside. Um, he plays the small forward. He put up a double double against Toronto with three blocks. So I love him um, at this cheap price point too, and he's actually establish a floor that's safe enough at that lower price tier to be safe enough to cash um, mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, whenever we see 11x or 9.1x, you got to mm-hmm. be interested overall. I don't like t- taking flyers on guys who have bench roles, but he has really proven himself to be um, a guy who, um, just like v- Vinny Johnson type, you know what I mean? Yeah. Put him out there and, like, instant offense whenever yeah. he gets out on the court. So and and that's, actually, that's actually a great point because that's the one thing I was going to bring up too. Like, when people are like, oh, well, what, what kind of floor does that guy have? How safe is he? Here's how safe he is. The last four games, 15 shot attempts, 13 shot attempts, 16 shot attempts, 13 shot attempts. There are guys who play 20, 25 minutes, and then there are guys who are on the floor and are involved in the game for a full 20, 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. He's basically taking 
a shot, you know, every two minutes that he's out there on the floor. That means he's not just one of those guys who's out there to rebound, play defense, and stand in the corner. Like, he's legitimately involved in what they're doing on offense. So I do think he's safe, especially at a price of only, like, I mean, he was up to 4200 on DraftKings the other day. I think he's still below 10 k on Fantasy Draft. Like, if he stays below 5000 on uh, on DraftKings, below 10 k on Fantasy Draft, I definitely think he's safe enough for, like, 20 to 25 real-life points as a floor. And, again, we saw what he can do, you know, 42 and 38 in the last two games back-to-back as his ceiling. So, if you can get him for cheap, I, I really think that he's someone that's worthy of uh, being rostered. Yeah, and I'm actually going to draw the line there because he's so cheap and so productive as far as the bottom of my value plays. If I'm not mm-hmm. paying up for Paul George, uh, Carmel, Carmel Anthony, who's in, in a good spot, or not using Robert Covington up in the middle, then I'm going to go all the way down to T.J. Warren, and that's that's the best value that you can derive uh, for the Wednesday slate overall. There's no need to mess mess around too much with the with the, some of the guys in between. Uh, those, to me, uh, we've identified as the top options. All right, let's flip, flip over to the power forward position here. We've got Anthony Davis on the slate. I am very interested in, in this, but uh, this is a back-to-back situation on the road at Houston. Um, I am also interested in the guy that he's going to be facing, uh, Clint Capella, uh, there overall. What do you make of Capella, and uh, is Capella power forward eligible? That's that's the big question. Well, it depends what site. They have him all over the place. He's center eligible on, DraftKings. I think, on Fanduel and DraftKings. He's uh-huh. a center. Yeah, he is a center um, on DraftKings. You know, he's a forward slash center over on Fantasy Draft, so you can use him in that big guy spot down there. Right. Um, you know, so it's a, like I said, I like that site. <coughs> makes it very easy to build lineups on fantasy draft because right. there's a lot of flexibility in there. More flexibility than any other site hands down. Yeah, which is something that you can take advantage of and you know, one of these days we'll do uh you know, maybe one of these days if we have a small slate like on a Thursday we'll do a little bit of a, a strategy session on, you know, how to play it over there with the different uh the different roster construction too. Right. It's a it's a very interesting dynamic. But um yeah, I think I mean where Capella is listed as a power forward or even where he's listed as a center, he's a guy that I'm a big fan of. He's starting now. He's playing 30 minutes. I think he put up, like, 35 fantasy points again last night. Um, and he's doing it at, like, 5K. You know, like, he's, he's still pretty cheap. You're going to see that price rise, but this is these are the situations that Josh and I like to talk about. If we can tell you guys about the guy who's getting the extra minutes and is putting up an outsized return, you know, like a Covington when we, when we were telling you guys to play him all last week, you know, like a guy like Capella now, if his price hasn't gotten up there, take advantage of these guys while they're cheap. This is when you can go and have, like, a big run of, like, three or four days winning in a row. Because if you can hop on these guys that are getting these extra minutes when they're cheap and you put two or three of them in your lineup, like a Covington and a Capella, I mean, those two guys together in lineups have been helping you cash all weekend in NBA, which is a good thing. And you want to keep riding them until the price gets to the point where you feel like they're fully valued and there's no more upside. But... If Capella's still going to stay down at, like, the 5K price range, for a guy that's putting up 30, 35 fantasy points, there's a lot of upside there. So he's definitely somebody you got to look at. Yeah, uh, so, and by the way, yeah, uh, Elderon's at center, so we're, I'll save him as my value play for center position on DraftKings, but if we're talking about just straight forwards, he definitely makes a, lo- uh, a lot of sense overall. Um, flipping back to the power forward position, too. So Anthony Davis, uh, there's just so many good top-tier options. Uh, for him, and he has produced at a, at, at, a, at a pretty good level, so I'm okay with him against uh, Houston, especially against Capella, who's who has some de- defensive ability, but I don't think he's ready at all to handle Anthony Davis. So if you want to make him your top paid option, I'm fine with that. I would prefer rather to slide down to, um, you know, Kristaps Zinger, 
as they also like to call him Porzingis here, who's been pretty safe for cash and GPPs overall. Flipping back to November 21st, he's put up um, 9.4x, 7x, 5.24, and 5.90x. So that's cash safe with a nice GPP ceiling overall. 20 and 13 with two blocks. Um, has, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 double doubles on DraftKings. And you love the, the bonus eligibility that that's going to uh, afford you. So I would rather slide down to 7,500 and uh, take advantage of Porzingis against the uh, banged up front line. We don't know if Nerlens Noel is going to be active. He's been battling a sore right knee. So if he's out of the lineup, I'm going to like it a lot more. If he's in the lineup, I like it less. So that's going to be one of the deciding factors uh, for me. Who are you sort of looking at in terms of uh, top end and value at the top end? Now, I'm going to be honest, and, and this is going to be a joke for those of you guys who have listened to us since baseball season. You know how I always talk about my, my man crush on Matt Carpenter? I think I have developed one. <coughs> excuse me. I think I have developed one in the NBA right now. I think I have played Paul Millsap on my cash game team every single time he's been on the floor so far this season. And I think this is another good spot to do so. If you look at his game logs, he had one game where he went three and a half times out. And every other game he's played has either been between four and a half and five and a half times X, or a game that he went off and went six or seven or eight X like he did the other day. So Millsap to me is definitely cash game safe. He's a guy that I literally have been starting a lot of my cash games with lately. And I also think he has GPP upside. Mm -hmm. Toronto right now doesn't really – they have a whole rotation of centers and forwards that they're throwing in and out of there. That are ugly. I mean, yeah, Scola, you know, uh, Biombo. Like, I'm not scared of any of these guys. And I don't think any of them are going to be able to step outside and deal with Millsap out there or deal with him when he's in the post or deal with the fact that he can rebound and he can pass and he can get some steals and some blocks. I mean, he's basically just been the, the solidest fantasy contributor ever. And for some reason, DraftKings decided to drop his price the other day. So he dropped down to 77 for the last game. I don't know how high they're going to bump it back up after he put up, I think he put up like 57 points last night or something like that. Um, so again, Paul Millsap is somebody who I'm always going to look at, especially if I can get a discount on him. He's probably going to be my favorite play. As far as cheaper options, like if I'm going down to the bottom and looking for a punch kind of play, you know, we talked about it earlier. You got Cody Zeller as a, you know, power forward over here. Mm -hmm. As long as uh, Al Jefferson's going to be out, I, I don't really see who else they can use in that center position. So we, we're kind of guessing a little bit until we actually see them play once and see how the minutes and everything work out. But to me, the only guy who I feel safe using in that situation is Cody Zeller. And at his price, I think he's definitely somebody who can outperform and get to, you know, six or seven times value. Um, yeah, for me personally, I, I'm, I'm probably not going to gamble on Cody Zeller because it's Golden State. And uh, I, don't, I don't think it's, this is a great time for him to deal with that sort of defense overall. I do like the, the – the, he's probably like the one of the better benef beneficiaries along, along with Marvin Williams. But I'm just staying away from those two against – one of the top defensive teams in the league and in the, in the Warriors. So uh, I don't want to get too many sh get too involved there. I do like Miritich for GPPs overall. He's been uh, sort of uneven in terms of the production, but you know, so he only scored 17 fantasy points against San Antonio, but that's San Antonio for one. But then before that, he pops up against Indiana, who we know have problems in their front line, and goes for 6.7x. Golden State, he put up a nice uh, performance, 18 and 10 with five assists for 7.3x. 
as well. So if you feel like you want to gamble in GPPs and you like the matchups, which I, I, I happen to uh, do so here uh, against the uh, Den Denver Nuggets, they're very reasonable price, Nikola Mirotic at 5,700. I also w wouldn't mind taking a stab in GPPs with Jabari Parker um, as well. It's br not a great uh, matchup overall against the San Antonio Spurs. If you take a look at what he's done in limited minutes there, 6.9x with, with 16 points, 4 rebounds um, in 25 minutes uh, against Denver. And uh, he's gone from 4.1x to 4.3x. So the minutes have slowly risen above, and I just see it's trending in the right direction. And he's a guy that they sort of need to get involved in terms of uh, making uh, progress with that Milwaukee Bucks team and you know fixing what they fixing the problems they have uh, on offense and I think he actually presents a problem for uh, some of the uh, other guys on defense like LaMarcus Aldridge and uh, in Tim Duncan in the front line because he's an he's not he's actually a s like has, has a similar skill set to LaMarcus Aldridge I'm not trying to put him in that category but he can score outside as much as inside as well so looking a little bit healthier maybe not the Spurs aren't the best spot to pick but I, uh, you should for G for just in general purposes DFS you should put him on the on the radar because he's super cheap and once he starts getting to the 30 minute range there's going to be a small window for you to take advantage of and I think it's starting right now um, so maybe uh, I don't know if I'll, I'll really gamble too much against the San Antonio Spurs but I am going to be looking to, to, to take advantage of that price point while the minutes are trending up because nobody's really on Jabari Parker right now they've the, the Milwaukee's been playing like crap and everybody's Sort of trying to figure out that you know, uh, aside from Antetokounmpo, who as we also mentioned isn't getting enough shots, you don't know. It looks like just an overall situation to fade. Um, so let's see here. Um, I guess we have to draw the line at the very bottom for me. Um, I th there isn't doesn't look too many play doesn't look like too many players are cash safe safe if you go outside of the you know the seven K area. Do you agree with me there? Uh, just down to a bunch of GPP flyers. I mean, like I said, the <coughs> you know probably the guy, well not even because Marvin Williams' price is up right now. So yeah, I mean I'm looking down here and I'm trying to come up with something here for you. And everybody I'm looking at, I'm like, I don't want to mention this guy out loud and actually have people play him and send me hate mail because I don't really feel strongly about anybody down here. I agree with you. I, I feel, uh, I'm with you there. I, I, once you go down from Millsap, if you're not using Draymond Green or something like that, um, he's his price has sl slowly risen. Uh, Draymond Green has been an absolute monster as of late, by the way, too, as well. So he's he's a he's a, a top option. Triple doubled in back-to-back uh, -back games against uh, Phoenix and Sac, and then comes up with 29 and seven against Utah. So he's been an absolute destroyer right now. So he's going to be one of my uh, top options um, along with Porzingis. And then once you go outside of that, you're in GPP territory only. Yeah, I think it's a position you really have to pay up for. So make sure you budget some money to pay up a power forward and. You know, take one of those guys that we talked about. There are a bunch of guys up at the top end. You know, Porzingis, Anthony. I, I, I'm probably not paying up for Anthony Davis. I have to be honest. Um, although I don't know, man. Houston, Houston is a team that's always struggled against power forwards. But I definitely think you have to pay up for one of those top guys here. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. All right, before we get into the center position here as well, want to let you know uh, that if you haven't checked out Fantasy Draft's flexible lineup format. So far, uh, where they give you the freedom to choose any players that you love to watch, three guards, three forwards, three centers, definitely time to take advantage. Go to fantasydraft.com. Uh, Their larger payout zone means you get more chances to win. They pay out at least 25% uh, of the winners in even their largest GPPs uh, and all their tournaments. So the Fantasy Draft loves to level the playing field that way. You never have to worry about competing against the same player hundreds of times. 
uh, because they said a low entry cap is never more than 20 entries per user in any contest, so that puts yourself in the best position to win. Fantasy Draft has great value in their contest. Most of more of the uh, your entry fees go directly to the payout zone. They've actually been running no contest fees uh, for for week 12 and a lot of their GPPs uh, over the weekend. So head over to FantasyDraft.com uh, to find out more how they put players first. A lot of great experiences, great contests, low rake, and um, a ton of overlay each and every weekend as well with daily trio. So you're getting everything that you can possibly want. You, Benny, and I have been playing and crushing on a consistent basis there on Fantasy Draft, and that's not a promo. That's just what's been happening. Uh, so it's definitely time to go over to FantasyDraft.com and check it out. All right, center position here, Benny. Who's going to be manning the pivot for you on the Wednesday slate? All right, well, we talked about Clint Capella if you're looking for, like, a, a cheaper mid-range option. Mm-hmm. But I actually really, really like Andre Drummond today. Yes, and the reason against Alex Len. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the reason for it that I was going to talk about. You know, you got Tyson Chandler, who's basically banged up. So Alex Len has been playing probably about 26, 27 minutes without him. After Alex Len, though, they don't really have anybody who's over, like, six foot nine inches tall. So Alex Len, who's not the greatest player out there, he's a young kid, he was a top draft pick, but he hasn't really turned into, you know, what they had hoped for him. That's why they went out and got Tyson Chandler to begin with. He's the only guy who even has a chance of checking Andre Drummond. And it's not like we're talking about a scrub here. Like, Andre Drummond has probably been the best center in the league so far this year. So he is expensive. He is somebody you have to pay up for. But I could see him putting up 25 and 20 in this game, and that's not an exaggeration. Just take a look at his game logs. You know, he's already had a whole bunch of games, 15-plus rebounds, 20-plus points, and I really feel like this is about as good a matchup or a mismatch, basically, for him as you could possibly get. So I'm going to be looking to spend up at center today. I also don't think a lot of people are going to do it. So in tournaments, I think that spending up for Andre Drummond is going to be a good way to differentiate yourself. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. You know what? I also feel like uh, – so he's going to be my top option for me. I'm uh, 100% with you. I also think that Jalil Okafor is a knockout play uh, against the New York Knicks. <laughs> did you like that? Did you see what I did there? Knockout play, I do like that, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, he, he – um, you know, whenever he's in the paint, it's like he's throwing punches. You know what I mean? He's he's scrappy. So, uh, in all seriousness, no. The, if Nerlens Noel is out, and you know that the uh, New York the Knicks front line is got a, a combination of Porzingis and a uh, rotation of Kylo Quinn, uh, Robin Lopez, who's their best defender, who they refuse to play more than you know fifteen to twenty minutes now for some weird reason. Uh, Jalil Okafor is actually a guy who's been hated on a little bit because the production has sort of taken a little bit of a dip. Some people want to call it the rookie wall or, or whatever, but to me, the price has uh, dropped back down to the 6700 range. And so if you're not paying up for Andre Drummond or if you're not going value town with Clint Capella, I think you definitely could, could take a look at having some sh- some shares at Jalil Okafor at a value price in a good matchup. Um, I don't think I'm going to be using Bismack Biombo uh, because of the fact that even though he's cheap, because he's a rebounder only, although he will give you some value with block shots, um, but just doesn't score enough, and Atlanta's not the team on the road that you really uh, want to pick on. Um, and some people s- s- uh, also want to you know, take a look at maybe using Alec- Alex Len for the increased minutes. He gets uh, 27 minutes, and he's minimum price, so I'm fine there at, at, at minimum price, even against Andre Drummond, because he'll probably get his shot blocked a bunch of times. But eight points and seven boards paid off. Uh, I believe six sacks at minimum size. The price should de- definitely um, start rising here pretty soon once they figure out that he's going to get starters minutes for the next couple weeks. 
there as well. So I'm okay there. I'm also okay um, with with uh, Nikola Jokic um, for uh, for the price. He's still in the low 4700 range, and he's a person who once you get to like 10 points and, and, and eight rebounds, or you know he's actually had two double doubles. Um, in uh, back-to-back contest, and Mike Malone has announced him as a starter. Not the greatest matchup against Chicago, but if you're looking for something in the 4,700 range uh, there as well, there's an option for you as well. I'd probably just slide all the way down to min and price if I'm going to, you know, get into the mix there. But, you know, keep uh, Nikola Jokic on, on your radar um, as well. Any other um, center options that we need to talk about before we move on? No, not really. I mean, I'm probably going to be staying more off towards the top guys. I think Capella is probably as far down as I'm going to slide. But I did want to mention something that I forgot to say that I had written down here when uh, when I lost my computer before. Um, you mentioned Okafor, and it's actually what set it off. Porzingis is playing a lot more center lately, right? Mm-hmm. And Okafor is the one big guy in the league who has been had who has had his shot blocked more than any other big guy. And one of the things that we really like about Porzingis is he's been giving up you know some pretty big block shot numbers. So I do think that that actually makes him an even better play than we had originally talked about at the power forward spot today because he is going to be playing center. He's going to be going up against Okafor, who's really more of a power forward. And, I mean, Porzingis, for all intents and purposes, the guy's like seven foot two. Like, he is very big and he's very long, and he does block a lot of shots. So you have the guy who gets his shots blocked more than any other center in the league going up against a guy who has – basically proven in his young career to be a pretty capable shot blocker. So I would not be shocked. My my bold call for the day for Wednesday is I would not be shocked if Porzingis has five or more block shots. Um, yeah, I, I could see that happening there as, as well. Um, so, and if that's the case, there, um, then that means actually Carmelo Anthony is going to be setting a little bit more stretch for um, mm-hmm. As well, which could help him up at, at DraftKings in terms of you know double doubles and rebounds. So he's already been a top price option, but at least I, I would feel a little bit better about using him in the in the matchups that I want to take advantage of. So and that's also a great thing for people who are you know wondering if he can continue to do double double like this. If they're going to play him at center and use him as as a stretch five, which is a little bit weird because that's not sort of the thing they do in the triangle offense. But I guess it's just completely different here in this version in New York. Then um, we could actually be looking at some extra value for Porzingis and for Carmelo Anthony. So that should be interesting. Yeah, I'd agree. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the Rotowire DFS podcast for the Wednesday slate. Don't forget, you can always check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. You can leave a, a review, a rating. Don't forget to let your friends know to subscribe uh, and uh, uh, give us five stars if you can. We definitely appreciate that. You can also check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and send all your comments, complaints, and questions to me at Josh Hayes FS on Twitter as well. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you.